Poem of the Man God, Book 1, Number 17, The Disobedience of Eve and the Obedience of Mary. And Jesus says, Do we not read in Genesis that God made man the overlord of everything on the earth, that is, everything except God and his angelical ministers? Do we not read that he made the woman the companion of man in his joy and his domination over all living beings? Do we not read that they were allowed to eat of everything with the exception of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Why? What is the meaning of the words that he might rule? And what is the meaning of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Have you ever asked these questions, you man who ask so many useless ones and never ask your soul about heavenly truths? Your soul would tell you if it were alive, because a soul in grace is held like a flower in the hands of your angel, and like a flower it is kissed by the sun and sprinkled with dew by the Holy Spirit, who warms and illuminates it, sprays and decorates it with heavenly lights. How many truths your soul would tell you if you only knew how to converse with it, if you loved your soul that makes you like God, who is a spirit, as your soul is a spirit. What a great friend you would have if you loved your soul instead of hating it to the extent of killing it. What a great and sublime friend with whom you could talk of celestial matters, since you men are so eager to talk, and you ruin one another with friendships which, if they are not unworthy ones as they sometimes are, they are almost always useless, and they turn into a vain and damaging tumult of worldly words. Did I not say, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word? and my Father will love him, and we shall come to him and make our home with him. The soul in grace possesses love, and by po possessing love it possesses God, that is, the Father who preserves it, the Son who teaches it, the Spirit who illuminates it. It therefore possesses knowledge, science, wisdom, light. Consider, therefore, what sublime conversations your soul could hold with you, such conversations filled the silence of prisons, the silence of cells, the silence of hermitages, the silence of the rooms of holy sick people. Such conversations were the consolation of prisoners awaiting martyrdom, of cloistered monks and nuns searching for the truth, of hermits longing for an advanced knowledge of God, of sick people in bearing, nay, in loving, their crosses. If you knew how to question your soul, you would be told that the true extensive meaning, as comprehensive as creation itself, of the words that he might rule is this, that man might dominate everything that is in his three states, the lower state, the animal one, the middle state, the moral one, the superior state, the spiritual one, and all three of them are to be directed to one sole aim, to possess God to possess him by deserving him through a strict control which subdues all the power of one's egos and conveys it to one only purpose, to deserve to possess God. Your soul would tell you that God had forbidden the knowledge of good and evil because he had already granted good to his creatures gratuitously, and he did not want you to know evil, because it is a sweet fruit to taste, but once its juice becomes part of your blood, it causes a fever that kills you and produces a parching thirst, so that the more one drinks of that false juice, the more thirsty one becomes. You may object, and why did he put it there? Because evil is a force that originated by itself, like certain monstrous diseases in the most wholesome body. 
Lucifer was an angel, the most beautiful of all the angels, a perfect spirit, inferior only to God. And yet, in his bright essence, a vapor of pride arose, and he did not scatter it. On the contrary, he condensed it by brooding over it. And evil was born of this incubation. It existed before man. God had hurled him out of paradise, the cursed incubator of evil, who had desecrated paradise. But he is the eternal incubator of evil, and as he can no longer soil paradise, he has soiled the earth. That metaphorical three, tree proves this truth. God had said to the man and the woman, You know all the laws and the mysteries of creation, but do not infringe on my right of being the creator of man. My love will suffice for the propagation of the human race, and it will spread among you and will excite the new atoms of the race without any lust of the senses, but with purely charitable pulsations. I have given you everything. I am only keeping for myself this mystery of the, inf of the formation of man." Satan wanted to deprive man of this intellectual virginity, and with his venomous tongue he blandished and caressed Eve's limbs and eyes, exciting reflections and a perspicacity which they did not have before, because malice had not yet intoxicated them. She saw, and seeing she wanted to try. Her flesh was aroused. Oh, if she had called to God, if she had hurried to him, saying, Father, the serpent has caressed me, and I am upset. The father would have purified and healed her with his breath, which could have infused new innocence into her as it had infused life. And it would have made her forget the snake's poison. Nay, it would have engendered in her a disgust for the serpent, as it happens in those who bear an instinctive dislike for diseases of which they have just been cured. But Eve does not go to the father. Eve goes back to the serpent. The sensation is a sweet one for her. Seeing that the fruit of the tree was good to eat and pleasing and agreeable to the eye, she took it and ate it. And she understood. Now malice was inside her and was gnawing at her intestines. She saw with new eyes and heard with new ears the habits and voices of beasts, and she craved for them with an insane greed. She began the sin by herself. She accomplished it with her companion. That is why a heavier sentence is laid on woman. Because of her, man has become rebellious towards God and has become acquainted with lewdness and death. Because of her, he was no longer capable of dominating his three reigns, the reign of the spirit, because he allowed the spirit to disobey God, the moral reign, because he allowed passions to master him, the reign of the flesh, because he lowered it down to the instinctive level of beasts. The serpent seduced me, says Eve. The woman offered me the fruit, and I ate it, says Adam. And the triple greed has ruled the three dominions ever since. Only grace can relax the hold of this ruthless monster. And if grace is alive, nay, thoroughly alive, and kept more and more alive by the good will of a faithful son, it will succeed in strangling the monster and will no longer have anything to fear. It will not be afraid of internal tyrants, which are the flesh and the passions. Neither will it be afraid of external tyrants. These are the world and the mighty ones on the earth. It will dread neither persecutions nor death. It is, as Paul the Apostle says, I fear none of these things. 
Neither do I care for my life more than I care for myself, provided I carry out the mission and the ministry of the Lord Jesus gave me, and that was to bear witness to the good news of God's grace. And then Mary speaks. I obeyed in my joy, because when I understood the mission to which God called me, I was full of joy. My heart opened like a closed lily, and it shed that blood which was to become the soil for the Lord's seed, the joy of being a mother. I had consecrated myself to God since my childhood, because the light of the Most High had shown me the cause of evil in the world, and as far as it was in my power I wanted to remove myself from every trace of Satan. I did not know I was without stain. I could not think that I was. That simple thought would have been presumption and pride, because since I was born of human parents, it was not right for me to think that I was the chosen one to be the faultless one. The Spirit of God had informed me of the pain of the Father because of the corruption of Eve, who had lowered herself to the level of inferior creatures, whereas she was a creature of grace. It was my intention to soothe that pain by remaining unprofaned by human thoughts, wishes, and contacts, and thus restoring an angelical purity in my body. The palpitations of my heart were to be only for him, and only for him my whole being. But if there was no passion of the flesh in me, there was still the sacrifice of not being a mother. Also Eve had been granted by the Father Creator the gift of maternity, a maternity devoid of what it now, but now degrades it. The sweet and pure maternity, without a sensual burden. I experienced it. Of how much did Eve divest herself by giving up such wealth? More than immortality. And do not think that I am exaggerating. My Jesus and I, his mother with him, have experienced the languor of death. I, the sweet languor of a tired person who falls asleep. Jesus, the intense languor of one who dies sentenced to death. So we also experience death, but only I, the new Eve, experienced maternity without any kind of profanation, that I might tell the world how sweet was the destiny of woman, called to be a mother without bodily pain. And the desire of such pure maternity was possible and actually existed in the Virgin, wholly devoted to God, because that maternity is the glory of woman. If you consider in what high esteem the Israelites held a mother, you will realize even more what sacrifice I had made when I consecrated myself to virginity. Now the eternal good Father granted me, his servant, this gift, without divesting me of the purity I had clothed myself in to be a flower on his throne. And I rejoiced with the double joy of being the mother of a man and the mother of God. The joy of being the woman by means of whom peace was reestablished between heaven and earth. Oh, what a joy to have desired this peace for the sake of God and of men, and to know that it was coming to the world through me, the poor handmaid of the Almighty. What a joy to say, Men, do not cry any longer. I have in me the secret that will make you happy. I cannot tell you what it is, because it is sealed in me, in my heart, just as the sun is enclosed in my inviolate womb. But I am already bringing it to you, and the moment when you will see him and hear his holy name is getting nearer and nearer. The joy of having made God happy. The joy of the believer for his God made happy. Oh, the joy of removing from God's heart the bitterness of Eve's disobedience. 
pride and disbelief. My Jesus explained the fault with which the first couple got stained. I redeemed that sin by going up the same stages as they descended. Disobedience was the beginning of the downfall. Do not eat and do not touch of that tree, said God. And man and woman did not respect that prohibition, although as kings of creation they were allowed to touch and eat of everything except that tree, because God wanted them to be inferior only to the angels. The tree, the means to test their obedience. What does obedience to God's command imply? It implies all possible good, because God commands nothing but good. What is disobedience? It is evil, because it brings about a rebellious mental state in which Satan can be active. Eve goes toward the tree, which, if avoided, would have caused her welfare, if approached, would cause her ruin. She goes there, led by the childish curiosity of seeing what is special about it, and by a rashness that makes her consider God's command a useless one, since she is strong and pure, the Queen of Eden, where everything is subject to her and nothing can hurt her. Her presumption is her ruin. Presumption is the yeast of pride. At the tree she finds the seducer, who sings his songs of lies to her inexperience, to her beautiful virginal inexperience, to her badly guarded inexperience. "'You think there is evil here?' he says. "'No, there isn't. God told you because he wants to keep you as slaves under his power. You think you are king and queen? You are not even as free as wild animals. Animals can love one another with true love. You cannot.' Animals are granted the gift of being creators like God. Animals generate little ones and see their families grow as much as they like. You do not. You are denied this joy. Why make you man and woman if you have to live thus? Be gods. You do not know the joy of being two in one flesh that creates a third one and many more. Do not believe God when he promised you the joy of posterity, seeing your children forming new families, leaving their families, their father and mother for their new families. He has given you a sham life. Real life is to know the laws of life. Then you will be like gods, and we'll be able to say to God, we are equal to you. And the allurement continued, because there was no will to break it. On the contrary, there was the will to continue it and to learn what did not belong to man. And the forbidden tree becomes really mortal for the human race, because from its branches there hangs the fruit of bitter, bitter knowledge that comes from Satan. And the woman becomes a female, and with the yeast of satanic knowledge in her heart, she moves on to corrupt Adam. With their bodies and souls degraded and their morals corrupted, they became acquainted with sorrow and the death of both their souls deprived of grace and of their bodies divested of immortality. And Eve's wood wound engendered suffering which will not subside until the last couple on earth are dead. I went along the road of the two sinners, but in the opposite direction. I obeyed. I obeyed in every way. God inspired me to be a virgin. I obeyed. When I loved virginity that made me as pure as the first woman before she met Satan, God asked me to get married. I obeyed, elevating marriage to the degree of purity intended by God, when he created the first parents. I was then convinced that my destiny was solitude in marriage and the contempt of people because of my holy sterility, when God asked me to be a mother. 
I obeyed. I believed that it was possible and that the word came from God because I was filled with peace when I heard it. I did not think I deserved it. I did not say, now the world will admire me because I am like God, creating the flesh of God. No, I did not. I lowered myself in my humility. Joy gushed out of my heart like the stem of a rose, but it was soon decorated with sharp thorns, and it was clenched in the tangle of sorrow, like branches enveloped by the bare vines of convolvuli, uh, a genus of climbing plants, including the bindweed. Sorrow for the pain of my spouse. It suffocated my joy. Sorrow for the pain of my son, a thorn that pierced my joy. Eve wanted pleasure, triumph, freedom. I accepted sorrow, humiliation, slavery. I gave up my peaceful life, the esteem of my spouse, my own freedom. I kept nothing for myself. I became the maid of God in the flesh, in morals, in the spirit, relying on him not only for the virginal conception, but also for the protection of my honor, for the consolation of my spouse, for the means suitable to elevate him also to the sublimation of marriage, so that we could restore man and woman to their lost dignity. I embraced the will of the Lord for myself, my spouse, and my creature. I said yes, for the whole three, as I was certain that God would not break his promise to assist me in my sorrow of a spouse who realizes she, can, is, she, she is considered guilty, and of a mother who knows she is generating a son to deliver him to sorrow. I said yes, and nothing else. That yes canceled Eve's no to God's command. Yes, my Lord, as you wish. I will know what you want me to know. I will live as you want me to live. I will rejoice if you wish so. I will suffer for what you want me to suffer. Yes, forever, my Lord. From the moment your ray made me a mother to the moment you called me back to you. Yes, forever yes. All the good voices of the flesh, all the good passions of the spirit were under the weight of my perpetual yes. And above, on a diamond pedestal, there was my spirit, lacking wings to fly to you, but it was the master of the whole ego, subdued and made your servant, servant in joy, servant in sorrow. But smile, O God, and be happy. Guilt has been defeated. It has been removed and destroyed. It lies under my heel. It was washed in my tears and destroyed by my obedience. The new tree will be born of my bosom, and it will bear the fruit that knows all the evil because it suffered it all in itself and will give all the good. All men will be able to come to it, and I shall be happy if they take of it, even if they do not remember that it was born of me. Providing man is saved and God is loved, let it be done to his man handmaid what is done to a clod of earth on which a tree is planted, a step to ascend. Mary, we must always be steps so that other people may ascend to God. It does not matter if they tread on us, providing they are successful in reaching the cross. It is the new tree that has the knowledge of good and evil, because it tells man what is good and what is evil, so that he may choose and live, and at the same time it is a medicine that cures those who are intoxicated by the evil they wanted to taste. Let our hearts be under the feet of men, that the number of the redeemed may increase and the blood of my Jesus may not be shed fruitlessly. That is the destiny of the maids of God. 
but then we deserve to receive the holy host in our hearts and to say at the foot of the cross drenched with his blood and our tears here is o father the immaculate host which we offer to you for the salvation of the world look at us father melted with it and give us your blessing for its infinite merits and i give you my caresses rest now my dear daughter the lord is with you and then jesus says my mother's words should disperse all perplexity of thought also in the minds most confused and muddled by pseudo-science i said more metaphorical tree now i will say symbolical tree perhaps you will understand better its symbol is clear the inclination to do good and to evil of the two children of god would be understood by their behavior towards the tree like aqua regia the test gold and the scales of the goldsmith that weigh its carrots that tree by god's command became a means of testing and it gave the measure of adam's and eve's symbolic metal purity i can all he already hear your objection was the punishment not excessive and the means used to condemn them not childish not so actual disobedience in you who are their heirs is not so grave as if it were in them you have been redeemed by me but satan's poison is always ready to rise again like certain diseases that never disappear completely in the blood the first parents possessed grace without ever even nearing disgrace they were therefore stronger and more firmly supported by grace that generated love and innocence the gift given them by god was infinite much graver is therefore their fall notwithstanding that gift also the fruit that was offered and eaten was symbolical it was the fruit of an experience they wanted to have at satan's instigation to break god's command i had not forbidden men love i only wanted them to love each other without malice as i loved them in my holiness they were to love each other in the holiness of affections unsoiled by lewdness it must not be forgotten that grace is light and whoever possesses it knows what is good and useful to know mary full of grace knew everything because wisdom taught her wisdom that is grace and she knew how to live in a holy way also eve knew what was good for her to know but not more because it is valueless to know what is not good but she did not have faith in god's word and was not faithful to her promise of obedience she believed in satan she broke her promise she wanted to know what was not good she loved it without regret she turned love into something corrupt and degraded which i instead had permitted as something holy a sullied angel she wallowed in mud and litter, and litter whereas she could have run happily amongst the flowers of the earthly paradise and she could have seen her offspring flourish around her like a plant that is covered with flowers without bending its leaves into the mire do not be like the foolish children mentioned by me in the gospel they heard other children sing and they stopped their ears they heard them play the pipes and they did not dance they heard them weep and they wanted to laugh do not be narrow-minded do not be deniers accept the light without malice and stubbornness without irony and disbelief enough said about that to make you understand how grateful you must be to him who died to elevate you to heaven and to defeat satan's concupiscence i wanted to speak to you in this period of preparation for easter 
of what was the first link of the chain by which the word of the Father was dragged to death, the divine lamb to the slaughterhouse. I wanted to speak to you about it, because at present ninety percent of you are like Eve, intoxicated by Lucifer's breath and words, and you do not live to love one another, but to glut yourselves with sensuality. You do not live for heaven, but for filth. You are no longer creatures gifted with soul and reason, but dogs, without soul and without reason. You have killed your souls and perverted your reason. I solemnly tell you that brutes surpass you in the honesty of their love. And the visionaries.